This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Well, here we go again. It's uh, another Shrimp Net. This is the 17th episode of the season. And joining Joel and myself this week, I'm delighted to welcome back our media mogul of the Mazuma, which rolls nicely off the tongue, doesn't it, in Matt Smith. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you very much. Uh, and joining him for the first time, we welcome along the new gaffer, the, the head honcho, the big cheese, numero uno. Uh, it's a warm welcome to Jed. Um Firstly, before we get talking, um, obviously we would normally chat about the uh, the return of Saab Jot uh, uh, turning up back in the uh, director's box last Saturday, but we'll park that for, for today because obviously we've got nobody on from the board who wants to let us know what's going on there. So I thought well, we'd better mention it because obviously we're, we're, we're in a situation where, um, you know, we, are, we, have to, we have to sort of tell, say what's going on, but we've no news on that. So... Well, We'll start as we always do, uh, reviewing the last game, and that was the Stockport one all. Um, and I, I, I said it before in, that, in my preamble before we came live on air uh, the weather was the winner, Joel. Some of the worst conditions <laughs> that lots of people have ever seen. Yeah, I think it, I think particularly in the first half, I think it was just, it showed how it was just very difficult to play football in that, you know, when the, when the ball's so slippy and it's, and, and, it, and it's windy and, Obviously, Rob does an amazing job on the pitch, and, and we saw throughout the game, you know, how well it held out. But obviously, going in the second half, it does just slow down a little bit in the first half. It's zipping about, so it, you know, it's really hard conditions to play football. And I think there's been two real clear cut chances in the game: one for us, and one for them. And we've both put those chances away. I think, despite them having quite a lot of possession, they've not really created many openings you know proper openings proper chances at goal aside from aside from the goal itself and obviously uh you know it's disappointing to to lose out on the 87th minute but I think it's been said quite a lot already but you know if you'd have said one one against Stockport lead leaders at, you know at the start of the game then I, I probably would have taken it you know we and through a majority of the game we've we've done really really well going forward I thought despite the conditions I think particularly in the second half I don't know if it was I think maybe going to the wind as well, like we would, I think obviously it kind of made us kind of have to play out the back a bit more and we end up putting up, putting some really nice moves together and that's kind of where the goal itself has come from, you know. Uh, I think probably part of that is also the addition of Slew. I think in the, I think it was one of those days where, you know, for a player like Bloxham who kind of likes to you know, do a few tricks and like get stepovers, get down to the byline, get across and stuff, it probably wasn't as good a game the conditions probably didn't play to his strengths as much whereas slew he seemed to kind of hack it a bit better in those conditions and he was really vital for the goal as was Tutonda with a little nutmeg pass i think it was a nutmeg pass wasn't it through the legs which uh i do like I, yeah i love to see that kind of stuff so uh yeah really really impressive goal and then obviously we were holding up pretty well uh defending the crosses quite nicely they weren't really having too much of a shot of goal and i thought Kyle Wooten, I thought we kept him, kept him really, really quiet all game. You know, at certain points, yeah, it was one of those where you kind of almost forgot he was playing, but he's a good striker at this level. He's kind of done what a good striker does, and he's kind of 
avoided the centre backs. He's stuck around the back post, uh, around the back of a full back, which is obviously you know, is a smart thing to do, isn't it? So, yeah, fair play. He's snuck in the back post, and it's probably their only proper chance of the game, and they've taken it. So, I think at the end of the day, one one's probably fair, and it's overall big picture. It's a result you've got to be relatively happy with, I think. And uh, I noticed we had a dog starring in the uh, in the background there. Well done, well done. Who that was? I don't know if it was somebody making dog noises, but yeah, welcome along. <laughs> nice to know we have a good listener. Um, I do apologise. That's no, all right. Don't worry. We've had uh, we've had n- numerous players, animals making appearances in this in the yeah. past. So it's one of them things. It's for the being um, <laughs> um, it, It's a strange one here, really, and it's a fair point that Joel makes, Matt, isn't it? The fact that. Um, uh, Carl Wharton, we kept him pretty pretty quiet. We mentioned him in our uh, our uh, abridged episode that we did last week that he was probably going to be the one to watch. But I would suspect, um, in the scheme of things, they were probably saying exactly the same thing about Michael Mellon. So they sort of cancelled each other out, Matt. Yeah, I think I think I saw a stat that said that for every game Carl Wharton has scored in for Stockport, they've never lost. Uh, I think. Uh, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. Um, clearly a, a very influential player for them. Um, and like you say, I think we, largely speaking, we did a good job um, on him, but on Stockport in general, um, obviously it goes without saying that they're more than a, a one-man team. They've got a lot of threats in there, which is testament to the job that we did them uh, did, did on them, sorry, largely speaking. Um, I think you look at how the game played out and I've said so many times in the past week, you know, it's it's impossible to try and play football in those conditions, but we, we did a really good job of it, all things considered. I think first half, we had two big chances ourselves. I think, uh, was it Adam Mayer? Um, yeah. It really yeah. fierce strike, narrowly wide. And then JJ McKinnon just forcing the keeper into a, a smart save down to his left, I think it was. And then looking at our goal, um, really good goal, really good move. Um, like Joel said, Tatonda just getting the nutmegs in there before Michael Mellon. You fancy him in that position any day of the week, don't you? So, yeah, I think... You know, really positive team performance, um, and then typical, like you say, that a player like Wooten, um, it, it had to be him. I think that that managed to get on the score, yeah. unfortunately. But I think it's easy for people to to probably look at the minute that we conceded, and, and straight after when emotions are high, people will think, oh, you know, disappointing to to kind of throw the three points away. But I think bigger picture, you take a step back and you look at it, and you think a point at home in such horrendous conditions against the league leaders who, you know, will travel to, yeah. to many a team this season and do a real job on, on on a lot of teams. I think you've got to look back and say, really good point, really, you know, more really solid foundations to build on as we as we progress throughout the season. And and Jed, what, what did you say to the, the, the lads at half-time? Because obviously <laughs> you were aware then that the conditions were playing more of a part than you were expecting. Um, it... it in the pre-match kickabout, I expect you were thinking, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. But when you come out for the second half and you've got four corner flags all bended in different ways, uh, it, it, it's almost impossible to, to, to predict what's going to happen, isn't it? Well, after as before the game, it was getting the wind was getting up. We could see that, but I didn't, didn't think it for one minute would be as strong as what it was. And then late on in the first half, I thought we said, we're going to have to go into a different game plan here. So we went in half time, we had a chat, we sat down and had a chat and we thought they're going to come and they're going to have all the possession now. Let's put a bank of four or five and a one and counter attack them. Suck them in, let them have all the possession in front of us, they'll get complacent, we'll take the ball off them. Counter attack them as long as we keep the ball. And it worked absolutely perfect. 
And one thing I've got to say to the lads, we've worked really hard on defending crosses, especially from set pieces. I mean, I thought we were magnificent at it. And just one time we switched off in the game against a team like Stockport. You can see it later on in the But I thought the game plan was great and I thought everyone stuck to it. And as you say, before Slew, when he came on, he, he was uh, exceptional as well. So, in, all in all, um, it, given Stockport's recent record, where they've only lost the one, which was fairly recent, uh, people would say they're, they're probably uh, going through a bit of a shall we say a reality check um because since the start of the season they didn't start particularly brilliantly but then they had was it eight or nine on the bounce that they won yeah. so for, for us, us, us to take a point in those difficult conditions it shows shows we have got something about us doesn't it Joel? yeah i think you know there were lots there was lots of stuff to be positive about and in I think at times, as best we could, we play some pretty nice football. I think best exemplified by the move for the goal, but also we dug in. I think in the, the second half as well, when the when every time every time you kind of boot the ball forward, it comes back at you. All their goal, you know, it's a bit of a double edged sword having the wind with you because obviously it means that you know it's kind of a bit easy to pin people back, but obviously at the same time, some of their crosses are just kind of getting whipped out of play. <laughs> so, but despite that, you know, I felt. We did very, very well to kind of hold up against them, and I think, as Jed has said, you know, we we faced a lot of crosses in that game, and we dealt very, very well with a lot of them. But obviously, it only takes one and a, and, a, and a good striker to kind of turn up, really. But yeah, overall, you got to be you got to be happy with the performance. We still put some nice moves together, and then just at the end, we've had that little late rally. Uh, mm-hmm. I think when you're shooting towards the home end and. You yeah, know, you get a little bit of that momentum, and then there, there, there was that. Well, I think it was Carl Noyle at the near post when I think Mayor's got an in down the left, and he swung across him, and, and Noyle's had a swing at it, and it's just spun off the back of his foot, and it's nearly gone straight in. And uh, yeah, that that would have been quite something. That would have been quite a way to end the game, but uh, yeah, instead it was. Uh, I think the, the way that the the game actually ended was with obviously with with a corner that was kind of disrupted by the wind, kind of yeah. uh, all yeah. on the touchline. I think that kind of summed it up really. But the the weather was the real winner there. Yeah, there was there was a touch of at, at times there was watching the highlights package. There was a sort of touch of Keystone Keystone cops about about some of the air shots and some people going for headers and it was like what the hell is it you know because you just can't you, in conditions like that it's impossible isn't it? But um, like I say we'll take we'll take a point and we'll move on. So looking at Saturday um, away at Doncaster Rovers um, last time we played Donny. Um, was a couple of seasons ago in League One, uh, where um, well, we we came away second best, Joel, as if you remember, uh, with one of the most blatant uh, blatant non penalties ever given, where their their uh, goalkeeper ta- rugby tackled uh, our left back, and then he gave a goal kick. So that was quite fun. But um, Donny themselves, um, Grant McCann, uh, he, he's always had a, a, a sort of decent record at this level, and he seems to. Uh, be swapping between Hull and Peterborough, but now he's taking a break and he's gone to Doncaster. But he's got a good pedigree at this level, Joel. Yeah, he's a he's a good he's a good manager for this level. I don't think you can really deny that. I mean, so far, I mean, looking at some of the recruitment they made, they had in summer they they got some good players in, people like Joe Ironside as well, very very good at this level. But they've yeah. had a bit of a middling start, really. But I think that just kind of shows the strength of the of the league. I mean, you look at the top end, and we've played. I think we've played pretty much all the top teams now, and you see 
how good they are. I think it's, I compare it to our promotion season, and we were a fantastic side in that promotion season. But I look at the overall quality of the teams that we went up with, you know, Cambridge, that Bolton side, and and Cheltenham, and I compare those to the the, the you know Notts County, Stockport, and Mansfield this season, and and the quality I think this season is so unbelievably high in League Two. So. Yeah. I think you are going to get some teams like Doncaster who've made some good signings, they've got a good manager and had some decent expectations. They might middle out a bit, not quite as do quite as well as you expect, just because it's such a tough league this year. But you know, like you say, yeah, it's it is a bit of a tough place to go sometimes. Hopefully, we won't have any uh, disastrous uh, penalty calls, and hopefully as well, we won't be three 0 down at half time like uh, another time we played Doncaster. However, that one actually had a happy ending, but at the same time, it'd be nice to. Uh, Nice to not have the uh, yeah. Nice to not have anything to uh, disrupt the heart rate too much. Uh, looking at their results, looking at their results, Matt, um, one seven drawn three lost ten. Um, they're they're very much a, they're either they're either winning or they're losing. Uh, they've not had many draws at all. Um, our away form uh, didn't start off brilliant. Um, became really good and then has petered out again. So, um, what 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 are you expecting? Well, I think that just shows, as cliche as it is, that anything can happen. You know, pe- people say that all the time. You know, Joel's already talked about the, the quality in, in League Two this season. So I, I think it's, it's one of them where we've just got to look after ourselves. We've just got to go and execute our game plan. We've got to do what we do. Uh, if we're, you know, if we're on it like we know we can be, then we know that they've got to be on it if they're to, to get anything out of the game. Um, looking back at when we played them away, Last time, I, I think they were, I think, without a win, I want to say, going into the game, they hadn't won. Yeah, was. Yeah, they hadn't ended won. up picking their first, their first win up of the season against us. So that tells us that, you know, regardless of form, it can be a difficult place to go. Um, so I'm sure yeah. that'll be in the back of our minds. Um, but but like I say, we, we look after ourselves. We I'm sure the lads have prepared well. Um, you know, seeing the lads today, you can tell they're really hungry for it. They're really excited to go into the game. Um, so yeah, I, I think we look after ourselves. We we prepare properly, and the best we can do is is go out and do our best, and then it's up to them to match it. And as Joel mentioned before, Jed, um, their their main threat up front has been uh, Joe Ironside, who's had a couple of seasons in a higher division with Cambridge. Um, but decided that he, he's going to head back to Yorkshire. Which, um, he, he presents a threat, big, big target man, uh, also very, very good in the air, so not not dissimilar, maybe in some ways, to Stockport, where they're going to be putting crosses in, you would think. Yeah, uh, the two centre-forwards, to be fair, and the right winger, I think they're, they're the main threats for their team. But we've yeah. worked on it all week, and we'll work on it tomorrow as well, and we're going to play against them. We're going to try and keep them, well, I don't want to say too much to it in case any there, but no. no, we're gonna try and keep it play, get them in the air half and do a high press on them. So hopefully we won't we won't allow them to throw crosses in on us. That's that's what we're trying to do, to be honest with you. But as I say, as you're saying there, we've got a top top team us and if we're at it on our front foot and we keep the ball, anything can happen. We can we can go and put a big shock in there on, on Saturday and get the three points hopefully. And obviously I'll 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 come to I'll 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 pick apart what you just said then when we come to sort of chat to you after we've talked about the Swansea game. Um, the the Donny one itself, uh, it's probably come, I think, at quite a good time for us because they're 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 a bit they've not found the form yet, Joel, and we're just trying to refine ours a little bit uh after some decent performances but some disappointing results. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a bit of a mild few weeks, obviously. I think just with, with Derek leaving and everything, but even before that, our form had dipped a little bit. I think we'd lost three in the bounce before Derek left and... Yeah. You know, and I think since Jed's come in, it's been it's been a weird few games. I think oh, I don't I don't re- I think re- with the Wrexham game, you just you look back at it and you know we didn't nobody nobody had been appointed full time manager that by that point nobody is quite sure what what's going to be happening going into the going for the rest of the season. So I, as much as you don't want to just bin a game off, it is a bit of a you know you leave it in the past. It is what it is. But like you know, the, in even in the game since I think Newport. They had a bit of a bounce. They've had a bit of a bounce over the last few games. I think it's interesting playing the side like Newport because they're very sit back, let you off the ball, and, and they'll try and counter on you. So it does skew things a little bit. And then we've had a game against Stockport that has just been ridiculous weather. We've played the League One side where things are always going to be a bit different. So I think Doncaster feels a bit more of a almost like a normal game compared to the last few weeks where hopefully, you know. Just a you know, there's a bit more time to kind of get into our stride. Obviously, Jed's got his own way of doing things, and hopefully, it's just another chance for us to kind of you know the players to really settle into that and and kind of put their own stamp on things a bit more. So, I want to chat now a little bit about the obviously the <laughs> it's a bit of an achievement getting through to the FA Cup third round, and I know people were hoping for um, and they call it the glamour ties, uh, and I kind of get that, but um, Swansea City away. Um, at the at the Liberty, it's it's a beautiful stadium. Um, it's not the easiest place to get to in the world, but where, when you we look at it that in uh, in black and white, it is you know despite the fact that they are a championship side, um, we've got to go there with the it's it's a free hit Joel, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. And you know they've just obviously they've just sat the manager. Who knows how it's going to develop over the next few weeks with that? Yeah, I think. We've shown we've already shown our capability against a couple of decent League One sides, and Swansea probably aren't having the best season at the moment. But like you say, you know, it is a couple. It is still a few weeks away. There's probably going to be a bit of change between now and then, when whether it's an interim still in charge or whether it's a new manager still in charge. So it's a bit up in the air, really. But again, you know, it's I think we've we've proven ourselves against higher league opposition already this season. When we played Rotherham earlier this season, we've come away with well, we drew normal time against them. So that you know that was kind of lower half, bottom half championship opposition. So we've pre- we've proven ourselves against that kind of level already, and away from home on all those occasions. By the way, is we've you know, done it away from home, and yeah, I think it, it's one of those where I think I take quite a lot of confidence from our previous cup ties this season. I think. Look, it's no guarantee. It could be that Swansea really turn up on the day and their championship quality shows through, but there's no reason why, you know, we can't go up there and have a bit of a mind to have a bit of an upset. And uh, obviously we've switched to 5.30 Saturday night, Matt, uh, so that the people of um, insert your obscure European country here can watch the Mighty Shrimps. Um, it, it could be we like we we spoke about before we started recording. It could be just it's, it's going to be live in Wales, so that's the way it is because that's that is now an international. But um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of them where if we can we can get at them and rattle them, um, it, it 
what amazes me is, and and Matt, you've been around the club long enough to know this, that usually when Morecambe go to a place like Swansea and get an unexpected result, they sack the manager, but they've drawn us and they've sacked him straight away because they're obviously terrified. <laughs> yeah, planning in advance maybe. But um, no, I, I think just to echo what, what Joel says, you know, we... Why can't we go there with confidence? You look at the first two games in the competition so far, and and really good jobs against you know League One opposition. Um, I think the the way you look at it as well, you've got to remember the Spurs FA Cup tie. You know nobody had us getting anything out of that, and, and ultimately, you know, unfortunately, we did go on to lose. But one 0 up at Spurs at half time, who would have said that? Um, so yeah, I, I think you just got to go 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 at it with excitement, aren't you? Um, it's a, a big ground, big championship club. Like we say, they've not had a great time of, of, of it so far this season. And just why why can't we go there and get something? That's the way I see it. You know, we, we've we've got a, a cracking young squad, a hungry young squad. You know, they they just every time they take to the field, they just want to succeed. So you know, they apply that mindset when when they cross that white line on the sixth of January, and and who knows what will happen. The only the only thing that's come to me, Jed, straight away is obviously we we I'll take what Matt said there and run with it. We have got a, a cracking young squad, quite a few players on loan, and obviously um, we have suffered in the past. There's nothing we can do about it. Somebody swoops in in January uh, from a higher division and says, "Oh, we'll take that person on loan." Um, is that something that's occurred to you, Jed? Uh, so you're thinking they're trying to plan ahead for the Swansea game, thinking, "Well, we'll take each game as it comes." But we you, are you thinking? We might not have the same personnel. Are you, are you, have you got targets yourself? No, we will for that, for like Swansea game, because that's on the sixth day and the window doesn't open between the 8th to the 22nd. So we'll definitely have all the long players of the Swansea game. But we have looked ahead. We were gonna, if we do lose the players, we were going to bring in. We have got a list of players. Uh, hopefully we'll keep all the long players. But as you say, like of Michael Mellon scored 13 goals. It's going to be very tough to keep him. I think Burnley might even call him back. I don't know. We won't know till that till that window opens in January. But regarding the Swansea game, we it's no fear game for us. I, I remember looking at the draw, sitting in the house with the family, and obviously we all wanted to glamorise like Liverpool or whatever away. But only simply for the club to raise money, really. And then we got Swansea, and the first thing that we all said in the house was, "That's a winnable game." It's a winnable game. So it's a great day out for the fans. It's a, it's, it's a bit of money for the club. It's all right. It's not as much as you've got to be playing the top Premier League team, but the club will earn some money out of it, earn a bit more money for being on the telly. And it's definitely a winnable game. And as I said to the players, we had a little chat about it. We don't really look for that far ahead, to be honest, but we've had a little chat about it. And we, all, we all said, let's just go there and play and enjoy it. Get a few league wins before that. So we're full of confidence. That's my plan. And then here we go to Swansea and, and kick in there and play with no fear. Oh, I like the sound of it. Uh, that'd be ideal, wouldn't it? But there you go. That's just my me right for not doing my research, isn't it? So uh, you, you've completely kiboshed me there and quite right. Well, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll come now to the, the situation, Jed, with yourself. This has been, shall we say, um, Accrington under-23s after, obviously, um, and I will mention it, a, 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 a fantastic playing career. But obviously, um, you know, a lot of time at Tranmere and then Manchester City and various sort of like teams in Scotland, Motherwell, Dunfermline, etc. Now, something that I touched on when I was doing my research, and I, I sort of looked at it twice and went, 
What? The, you got Cayman. picked for the Cayman Islands. And How you, the hell yeah. did that happen? <laughs> and are you going to say that? Got it out before you. Uh, what happened? He was an agent that was going about, and he, he come into the club and he and Motherwell, and he said that obviously you've got British passport, you're eligible to play the Caymans at the time. And he went to obviously they've looked at the players, they looked at myself, and a couple of lads that were playing for Barry Hales for Fulham and a few other players. I think they picked nine English players. We only had to have a British passport. Obviously, there was no chance of playing for England, so it was a World Cup qualifier against Cuba. So they said, Do you fancy it? So after thinking about it for two seconds, <laughs> I went, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we went over there and we played America in a friendly and we got beat 3-0 and we looked, we looked tasty because the America were very good. And then obviously Seth Blatter realised that if we beat Cuba, we got his team in Trinidad and Tobago, isn't it? He was, he was I think it's Trinidad and Tobago. We had Dwight York's team, is that right? Right, yeah, yeah. Them to get to the World Cup, so he's obviously pulled the plug straight away and gone. I'm gone. I'm bringing a new rule out now. You don't just need a British passport, you need to be living in the country for five years. So we all got sent home packing after one game. So, so when, when you played that friendly against America, did, did you yeah. do you actually sit down and, and learn the national anthem or whatever it was, or did you just stand there in complete silence going, uh-uh, Don't know? <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, it was like that. We did sing it to be honest. And, uh, I was just linking them. <laughs> I don't know the words yet. I was just pretending to sing, to be honest. Coming along to it. But it was good, good experience. We had a Brazilian manager. We played the weirdest system I've ever in. I think it was a, a 4 2 2 2, something like that. It was madness. But um, as I say, it was a good experience. But we got sent home after two weeks because of Seb Blatter. Nightmare. Great stuff. This is a great story and uh, ideal for a uh, rubbish podcast like this because when I, I was like, because sometimes you look at stuff on, you know, and particularly Wikipedia, it's like, has somebody put yeah. on that? It was a joke. No, I'll get <laughs> a lot of stick over it. When yeah, I got back, here's a story for you. When I got back to Motherwell, I was at Motherwell, I got back, all the lads had bought wigs on, you know, like a, a dreadlocks. And I was walking <laughs> to change the room. We all had them on. <laughs> it was quite fun. So um, you're you're at Accrington. You're under under twenty three, boss. Um, obviously, um, things come to a head there, and uh, Derek sees you as a, a a decent appointment for us, uh, looking after uh, the the use with us, and also getting involved with some first team coaching. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, <laughs> uh, within a very short period of time, Derek Derek's off back to pastures old. Yeah, uh, and and obviously you you you. Obviously, being yourself, you and Jockman Man being in the box seat, it's like, oh well, you're in charge for the uh, six, you know, six lucky breaks against the run of play against Wrexham, um, yeah. and so, and I know you threw your hat in the ring before the Wrexham game, but then it, it happened pretty quickly after that. So just give us a give us a, a little bit of a summary. Well, obviously, we found out on the Sunday Derek was going. Um, he went. He announced it on the Monday. So we went in and then the board asked me and John to take charge. And we decided between us that it was me that was going to be in charge of the two. Obviously, we thought there's no point. Only one man can make a decision. If you both decide over one, you're never going to get there. So we decided one to be in charge and the other one to help. So 
John said, you go for it, because I said, well, I'm going to apply for the job anyway. So I did. And then I went to charge, obviously, we got the Wrexham. I got the shout to do the, my interview on the Friday, the night day before the Wrexham game. I had my interview with the club. Nothing got said. And then, obviously, we played Wrexham. The worst thing that could ever happen. You can see the two goals after six minutes, which was horrendous. Game over. And then it went went on to be worse. But uh, after that, obviously devastated things to myself. That's my job interview over. And to be fair to the board, they pulled me in on the Sunday and said to me, we, your interview went really well. We're not even considering the Wrexham game. Uh, we wanted to be the manager. So, as you say, it was a whirlwind. So it's it's all it's all happened so quickly. I mean, did you have any pretensions yourself when when you were at Accrington, thinking, well, I'm I'm under twenty threes and I'd like to get involved with the the you know the big side one day and stuff like that? Because obviously it's all happened so so quickly. Hundred percent. In my head, I always wanted to be a manager. Always, yeah, I I loved coaching, but I'd rather be a manager in. Like when I managed the twenty, I managed twenty for five five years. I know he was still first team footballers. Obviously, you weren't playing, obviously in the league. But I always thought to myself, I really want to be a manager, and one day I will be. And it's obviously it come off quicker than I anticipated, really. And there I am now. And it, 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 it's funny because it sort of squares the circle, really, didn't it? Because obviously. Uh, your final game in your playing career was uh, was rather a triumphant one, wasn't it? It certainly was. <laughs> At Wembley, yeah. Uh, I remember, yeah. New Wembley as well. New, New Wembley. Wembley, yeah. Yeah, yeah my f- final game was there, so it's, it's funny how it swings around, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a weird one. What, what do you remember about that day? Uh, um, taking my sons on the pitch uh, and the stewards chasing us to get them off and all the players left. Locked the stewards off. No, it was a fantastic day. Fantastic weekend. To be fair, we went down there, we prepared right. We got all sorts of the game, the teams, team spirit was fantastic. It really was. And I, I remember, I didn't even, you know what? It's weird that game because I never thought once we'd lose. Not once, even before the game. And we went out and the lads performed brilliant. Even the training session before, it was such high tempo and quality. And we went out and we easily deserved to win the game. And it was, it was just a fantastic thing. And, and, and you made the decision before you walked on the pitch that this was going to be your last one? Yeah, I told all the lads and told that um, Sammy offered me another year contract after it, to be honest. Um, and I, I said, no, no, legs have gone. I mean, there's not worse. You know, one day you wake up and you, you just can't run anymore. People, are, You can pass the ball, you can get on the ball, but you just can't keep up with the young lads. You're just run, run past the other thoughts. Enough's enough now. I'm not going to embarrass myself anymore. That's enough. I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go into coaching. So I just said no. I can't go anymore. After that, that was it done. So it's not not about epitaph. The uh, uh, picking up a, a winners' medal at, at Wembley on your last your last game, is it? Well, it was fantastic. Couldn't have ended it any better, would I? To be honest with you, um, no. I played at the old Wembley and the new Wembley. Uh, so me career, not many players can say they've done that. So um, just. Delighted to have such a great opportunity to do that. So it was brilliant. So coming back, coming back to more serious matters, and before I hand you, I hand you over to uh, Joel's nerdy questions. <laughs> um, 
it, obviously, the, the news about John McMahon having a, 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 an operation and not being with you, that's that's a bit of a blow, isn't it? Because I know, uh, as you just said then, um, John has been a, a massive help to you. John's been fantastic, he really has. The experience he's got in football and taking, I've had someone to talk to when things haven't been well, like the, obviously the Wrexham game and then we lost against Newport, which we were very unlucky. We were winning 1-0 there and we had a few chances with the score there. We might have went to win 3-4-0, but we weren't meant to be. And me and John had a good chat after the game. He's telling me to believe in myself. And obviously, with his experience, we're going to lose that now. It's going to hurt us a lot. So hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. But obviously, he needs to get himself right first and fit. So as long as he's OK, that's all that matters to be honest. So does that, that put pressure on yourself with a little bit more hands-on coaching? Well, there's only me. It's only me and Baz. <laughs> Baz is obviously the goalie coach. Uh, so I'm doing all the coaching. I'm doing the meetings. I'm doing the press. I'm not saying I'm not liking it. I am liking it. I'm not complaining. But it's hard draft, I must admit. To do with someone to, to, to lean on a little bit. But obviously with what's going on upstairs at the minute, there's, there's no funds, so hopefully that can sort it soon and uh, you can kick off from there. And I, I'm just coming back to what you said before, and obviously regarding the situation in January, obviously um, are you, you're keeping, uh, Greg Strong's uh, keeping you informed and you're keeping him busy with potential targets in January. Should we have a, have a uh, you know, get a result at Swansea? Yeah, 100%. We've got a, we've got a list of players you want to bring in. Uh, We've got a, a, a list that we've got to replace the lads if they do go. So, yeah. and we've got a, another list that we can that we're going to bring in, try and bring in as well as the loan lads. So, yeah, we're, we're working very hard there at the minute. Yeah, we've got a few few good players lined up. I shall look forward to uh, seeing what happens. Joel, um, do your worst. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I just thought it'd be uh, good to dig in, dig into kind of like. The kind of football you want to get, you want to get playing. So I think it's it's hard to kind of like read too much into the games we've had so far because obviously you got Newport where they, they sit off and let you have so much of the ball, which is I think more so than a lot of other sides we're going to face. Then you've got the Stockport game, which is in mad conditions, then we can be in the division above. But I think I think just to try and dig in a bit, like I think from my what I kind of taken from it is like. I see what the sim. I feel like what the similarity is to what uh, Derek was maybe doing before is, is the is the kind of pace at which he kind of seemed to want the players to play at and and, and attack at. Is is that something that you kind of want to get into the players to kind of attacking at pace and moving the ball quickly? Hundred uh, percent. Being a midfield player myself, uh, I always think the midfield players should gotta gotta be able to handle the ball well, gotta be able to pick a pass out, and gotta be able to run. And run quickly. Uh, so I, I am I'm one for a high press me. I love high press. I love getting the ball in their half and winning the ball back in their half. And if you do that, you've got a chance on goal. If, I like play people like playing at the back. I'm not a big fan of that because it gets you nowhere, especially in the division two. And at the end of the day, you've got to have the players to do all this type of stuff. So in the in the ideal world, if I had a perfect team, obviously I'd pass all the pitch with high tempo. But you haven't got the team 
in Division Two that can do that. There's not many Premier League teams that can do that. As they play playoff on the back, we've got Man City and Liverpool and whatever. But my type, of, my style of football is definitely high pace, fast wingers like we've got. Yeah, so I, I, was, I think the thing I was going to lead on to that and saying is I feel like we've probably got quite a well-suited squad for that. Obviously, like you say, we've got some quick wingers and the people like Bloxham and uh, and men, and we've got midfielders who can handle the ball and, and Eli King and, and Taylor and McKinn. And so do you feel at the moment that there are some good players that we've got that do kind of tie in quite nicely with the with what you want to implement? Oh, 100%. Just gotta, it's where we play in the... In the... In the areas of the pitch, I think uh, if you look at let's talk about Eli King. Since since I've come to the club, well, not just as I've come to the club, he's be, he's became a complete player really for me. He, he, he grabs the game by the scruff of the neck now. Where where before that he was letting the game bypass him. He's grabbing all of the game. He's he's dictating the pace of the game, and he's the one who starts us all off. To be honest, and then you go on to Jan. Jan's come in since since I've been here as well. And he's played the three games for me and he's been outstanding. He's been a defensive rock for us. Whereas discipline in front of our back four has allowed the, the other five players ahead of him to break forward with pace. So he's a big he's a big brick in our wall, if you like. So uh, he's doing really well as well. And then you can go to JJ, JJ McKinney, number 10. I'd say he's probably the best 10 in the league, to be honest with you. Uh, I really would. I think we're going to be I'm being really honest with you, I think we're really struggling to keep him. But hopefully we can. I think it's, inter- it's interesting what you say about Eli King, actually, because I think I remember when reading some of the comments from crew fans uh, when, when he signed the loan, I think not Cardiff fans have had a lot of high hopes for him. And uh, I think when he was on loan with crew last season, I think they, they said a similar thing to what you said in that the game was maybe just kind of going around. But he, as we've seen this season, he's like grabbing, you know, he's getting the, getting the ball deep. He's turning players. He's finding passes forward and really kind of grabbing things by the scruff of the neck. So I, I guess as somebody who's worked quite a lot with youth players, do you kind of find that in that first loan spell? I think we've seen it with Mellon as well, actually, when he came with us last season compared to this season. That first loan spell, it's almost a bit of a, an adjustment for those young players. But then in the second loan spell, they they might have. It's, it's when they kind of really settle into, into the kind of men's professional game and really start to kick on a bit more. Yeah, I think you're right. I think what you've just said there is perfect. When you said young players, that's one thing you've got to remember. Besides Jan, the five players ahead of them are all teenagers, 20, aren't they? 19, 20-year-olds. So they're all learning the game. And as you said, Michael come last season, he had a few injuries, didn't he? coming this season, and they all seem to be relaxed around the place. And I think when you relax, you play play better, you play with a different mentality, if you, if you like, uh, no fear. So I try and get them to, I say to them, if you make mistakes, you make mistakes, just just get on with it and until the next one comes along and try it again. But they seem to have all settled in really well now and they know, they know the way we want to play. And every game we're getting better. Talk about the Newport game. When the first half of the Newport game set before. If you look back at that game, if you watch that game, after we scored, we had a couple of great chances. And we would have took them, we would have, we would have easily won the game. Obviously, that weren't meant to be. And then you go on to the working game where, where we played to our game plan in that game and we, we had some outstanding uh, performances in that game. And then obviously the Stockport game, which you, it was just about how big your heart was. And, uh, and it showed that. Took a lot from that game because they had a lot of experience on that pitch. 
on a, a lot of money. A lot of them are a lot of money compared to our lads as well. And they've got a lot of league games. So for us to, to get through that game in them conditions, in a 1-1 draw and nearly snatch it, you've got to take your ass off to some of our players there. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned about the kind of the risk take, not necessarily risk take, but being, being brave on the ball and, and if you make a mistake, okay, yeah, go again. Because I think what, what, one of the things I've observed, I could be completely wrong, obviously it's only been a couple of games, but especially in comparison to maybe how we played under Derek previously, I think it seems like a lot of the, the players in terms of how they handle the ball, that there's, there's a bit more, almost like, Maybe bravery is not quite the right word, but there is a bit more slightly like trying to be a bit braver on the ball from deeper positions and and, and maybe a little bit more risk taking to try and get that, you know, really take pre- take the opposition's press out of the game. And I think actually, especially in the first half against Newport, I remember it worked particularly well. I think Joel Senior in particular was really just, I think he had their winger on toast actually, just getting past right. him in the first line of the press. So would you say you do kind of encourage your players to be a bit braver on the ball and deeper positions, obviously get it forward quickly, but also not be afraid to play those kind of maybe shorter passing combinations from deep? Definitely. And we, we work on that in training, believe it or not, we do. <laughs> we work on uh, a lot of movements off the ball, a lot of the body shape, how would you shape the ball, so that obviously if the, the body shape's good, they're taking away from the man. And also breaking the lines, and as you just said, getting past the press. And I think a big thing in this league, if you do break the press, you're taking five or six players out the game, so you're right on top of them, and that's what we want to do. And that that'll be a big factor on Saturday as well, because they they've got a high press Doncaster, and if we can somehow get past that press, we will cause them major problems. It's interesting you mentioned that the the the, the body shape uh, body shape when you receive the ball, because I think it's something I've seen like things people talk about, especially when it comes to Premier League teams and stuff. But it's that kind of, is it that kind of half-term thing? So when you're receiving the ball, you're kind of looking up, you're, you're taking the ball forwards in the position that you can then then take it forwards. You're looking ahead to the game as well. Is that is that the kind of thought thinking there? 100%. If you're not, if you receive the ball, if you can imagine you, like you're facing your own goal on the ball as a midfield player, the ball comes into you and you take it facing your own goal, you can only go back. If you take it on the half turn, you've got options. You can go wide, you can go forward. And then if worse was the way, you can, you can go turn and go back. So body shape is a massive thing. And that's one thing I've really worked on, even when I was coaching here, even on the 23s, I've done that. Because as a player, I got taught that by, by good, experienced players. And it helped me out so much. So I'm just trying to give them stuff, some of my knowledge. And, and you don't have to watch JJ. If you look back at JJ's clips, the way he receives the ball is, is fantastic and he, he gets away, it takes it away from a player straight away just by receiving the ball on the half turn. So kind of touching on that actually, because I think, I don't know if the players, I can't remember if it was the players mentioned it or yourself mentioned it in an interview, but I think it was your kind of role when previously, uh, like prior to the uh, being appointed manager, was it a lot of kind of individual work with coaching the players and kind of going over clips and showing them little bits and bobs like the half-turn thing that they can do in their game? Yeah, I've done a lot of individual uh, one-on-ones with them. Uh, I work with just the midfield on their own and I've certainly done everyone's clips, um, individual clips for them after the games. Talked about obviously receiving the ball, where the positioning, what they could have done better. If they've done really well, tell them that they've done well. Yeah, so I did. I, have, I did do a, quite a lot of work individual as well. So I guess that would, that leads quite nicely to kind of man management and how you kind of 
transition from being a coach because obviously I think when you're a coach like well kind of exemplified by that you, you I guess it's kind of a bit more a role when you can be a bit more personable with the players and kind of have that one-on-one stuff but is it difficult transitioning to a manager where you are kind of in charge of keeping this whole squad of 22, 23 players happy when obviously only 11 of them in the side in the 11, some of them are on the bench and with them aren't even the squad at all. So what's that been like, kind of the man management side and how you take on that responsibility? To be fair, that's been really tough. It's a good question. It's been really tough. To, keeping the players happy that aren't in the starting 11 is probably the hardest part of the job. Because you've got Because you will need all of them and you'll need them to, when they get on the pitch, you'll need them all to, to put a shift in for you. And if you, if you haven't got them on your side, you've got no chance. You've got no chance. But that, I think that's the hardest part of the job. And I'm dealing with it quite well because what, what I'm trying to be is what I've always liked as a manager. When I've had other managers in the past, I've liked managers who are really honest, who tell you that you're good when you're good and you're bad when you're bad. And that's the way I'm going to be. And I'm never going to change no matter what. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm going to do it the way I think. And I think that's the way to do it. And I've been honest with them all up to now, and I think they've seen the bought into that. And they know, they know that I'm being honest with them. I'm not, I'm not just trying to get, get around them. I'm not just trying to bluff them. I'm, I am what I am, and wear my heart and my sleeve, and I think they all, they all like that. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I think, I think we're seeing, you know, judging by how they kind of they spoke in the interviews, I think, obviously, they are quite happy. They all seem to be quite happy with that. So, like, I think... Uh, you kind of touched on it before in kind of what you're trying to coach and the players. I don't know how much of an in, in in terms of body shape, but also kind of passing combinations. I don't know how much of an insight you can kind of give into how, how you do that on the training pitch without giving too much of your kind of your methods and, 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 and your kind of drills away. Well, we'll put it this way. We work on passing drills every single day. We do possession every day, which is obviously games without any goals, which is just keep ball like passing drills, as you say. So you do the passing drill first and take that into the possession and try and do it like that. So we do do a lot. Of that. Obviously, I'm not going to say what type of passing we do, and, but we work a hell of a lot on passing and how, we, how you receive the ball. 100%, yeah. So kind of, moving kind of a bit further up the pitch, I think I remember like speaking to uh, the players who played under Derek and then we, we've had Derek on the pod a couple of times and it, I I always got the impression that the way he wanted, especially going into the attacking third, the way he wanted his players to play with was was with, with quite a lot of kind of creative freedom. And I think obviously with any club, you've always uh, any manager wants their players to have creative freedom, be creative. But I think you almost have on one end of the scale, you've got managers who are quite kind of positionally focused, and, and people like, I, I know it's a bit right at the top end of the game, but people like you know your, your Guardiola's and your Tuchel's who are going to like kind of want players in certain zones of the pitch and in certain lines and stuff. And I got the impression that Derek was a bit more trying to breed the creativity, maybe a bit more organically from the players. So I, I wondered what your kind of like, where you kind of sit on that spectrum and, and your kind of approach to that kind of thing. Yeah, very similar, to be honest. Yeah, I, I like a free I have, I have, like, I put the, t- the pitch into, into, uh, into third. And I say to the lads, especially the attacking lads, in that final, if you're doing a imaginary line across the pitch, anything above that, you can do whatever you want. Fairly come back to the pitch, you have to you have to think about the team. Obviously, not giving the ball away. Uh, one and two touch. Where when you get to the final third, I'll let you do whatever you want. 
take people on, keep running, even if you give the ball away, keep the wingers keep getting at them, trying to get across and even if you take six times to go past it, just keep doing what you've got to do and you won't get any moaning off me. Get shots in, do a bit of skill, but all this you can say is when you come back in the next the next day and then the next day you've got to be disciplined and obviously not give the ball away because that's that could hurt the team. So I am I am I do like them playing freedom to be honest yeah. So kind of just going on that attacking third stuff, I think listening to your interview with, with with the press earlier today, I think you mentioned about having some different op- forward options in January. And it kind of tie, I guess it ties in with with a little bit what you said there. Do you like players to have a bit of that kind of unpredictability in the final third? And obviously you having the next another option or two come the January transfer window. Do you like just generally having a, a bit of un- unpredictability to to kind of you know, create goals and and, and you know, hopefully throw the opposition off in the final third? Definitely, yeah. Uh, that, that's what gets you goals on predictability, isn't it? But not only that, you want competition for places as well, don't you? So if you get another, if you did keep all the Michael and we get another top centre forward in, who, who's going to push in for places, it'll make them better players as well. So I think in January it's more of getting more options for up front. Like obviously, you could go for a big man that we haven't got, Tiger man, and play off him. There's all different options we've got. It all really depends on who we keep, and we won't know till mid-January to, to find that out. And when we do find out, that's when we'll explore other avenues. Then, uh, and just finally, uh, I think this might be a bit of an early time to ask this, but ha- has anything in your kind of pro- approach or how you thought you were going to approach management has any of that changed over the last few weeks? Uh, or are you still pretty kind of firm on your guns and on how you kind of wanted to go into it? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to think about anything that's happened all that fast. And there's been that many different things that's happened in the club. Like, obviously, don't keep going on about it, what's happened upstairs and where the club is. And John McMahon, what's happened to John, and all kinds of different other stuff happening behind the scenes that obviously you'll cope with. So I haven't had a minute to think about anything to be honest really except obviously preparing the team right for the, the game but I, I, in the open coming weeks and months obviously things like that I'll see things and see if I need to change ways about myself and stuff like that but as I say God's on the suit at the minute I haven't had a minute to think about it you can ask Matt <laughs> yeah, no I'm not I'm not surprised at all no that was great thanks Jed. back over to you Freeze. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we we did notice you've been busy because obviously um, we uh, the the week before um, Derek upsticks and went back to Ross County. Derek was supposed to come on the uh, the podcast, and some wag posted on Twitter saying, "Oh, he must have been terrified of coming on because he's disappeared to Ross County." And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was you, yeah, and then uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, Matt, Matt said, "Oh, I'll." Uh, Matt said, uh, "Matt was, felt quite guilty because he's like, oh, well, I, I've lined up Derek, but he, he's gone. So I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get Jed. And obviously, we've tried two weeks running and not got you, but yeah, now we finally got you, you're off the hook. Now you can relax. <laughs> no problem, thanks. <laughs> I'll do it anytime you want. None problems. And uh, and coming to you, Matt, it's been a bit of a baptism fire for you. You didn't expect all this happening when you took the uh, took the media job, and all of a sudden it's been like media frenzy, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Um, I think I I started as head of media on the tenth of November. Um, we had the Grimsby game, then the Blackpool game, and then it was the international break, wasn't it? Um, 
and then yeah uh kind of came out of nowhere that obviously Derek was was leaving um and then I suppose in my position obviously you look at all the outside noise and you don't really do anything until you're told otherwise by obviously the, the people upstairs so you know I'd, I found out that, that Jed was coming in and you know I'd spoken to Jed um soon after I found out and you know we had really good conversations um about how he can help us with our media output which I think is really important uh, um so I, yeah it's been like you say, it's been a, a baptism of a, a fire, but you know, one that has, you know, you come into these positions, don't you, for for tests? I suppose you, you never want to be too comfortable, do you? So, you know, from my point of view, it's been a hectic month, but it's been a really rewarding month personally and professionally. Um, and and just from a media point of view, you know, looking ahead, I I, I couldn't be more excited for for the direction that we look to be going in. And uh, before we finally finish with Joel's trust update, thank you for both coming on, as per usual. Um, we uh, we always get um, a few more hits when we have the manager on. Uh, so hopefully, Jed, you'll be on again and uh, you won't be frightened and quit before we ask you. I'll try my best, mate. Hopefully. <laughs> Never know more, can do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you don't. That's That's the truth. That is the truth. Uh, so, Joel, uh, we got any trust business? Obviously, the uh, the toy collection went really, really well. Yeah, yeah, that that that's kind of one of the main things. Really, the toy collection's gone really well. Once again, thanks so much for anybody's donated. I think that there are still some. Uh, I can't remember if there's still some online things open. So, obviously, if you still want to donate, feel free to get in touch and and see see what can be done there. Uh, we've obviously had the Christmas party today, which is I think mainly delivered by the club. We've had a couple of people help out with that. And that looks to have been really successful. So uh, all good with that. But yeah, other than that, just kind of ticking over, seeing what we can do to help the club. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have some more updates over the next few weeks about any plans in the future. So this has been uh, ShrimpNet17. Thank you for listening. We've got international this week as uh, the guys have been very, very kind to me as uh, I'm in a completely different part of the world and it's very late for these three and it's very, very early for me. Um, so thank you for, for accommodating me and me not in having, having to get up at three or four o'clock in the morning. I do appreciate that. Um, we'll see you on the terraces at Doncaster, hopefully for a good result there. And then uh, we'll be hopefully back next week to chat about the marvellous 5-0 win there that we didn't think was coming and then chat about MK Dons. And uh, yes, I probably am on glue. Enjoy. Enjoy.